Welcome to Becoming Soul, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Better Call Soul on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host Matthew and this is for Season 6, Episode 9, Fun and Games. I suppose that's one way to not describe this episode. So 6 or 9, Fun and Games. We've got 4 episodes remaining of the series. Um, we're in a pretty good position for finishing the series in four episodes time. I love this episode. I thought this episode was fantastic. This episode has significant developments in it as well. It did take me... It took me about half of the episode to realise... What was sort of... What the episode was doing. Because when I finished this episode... Um, I sort of looked back on the first half of it and thought, oh, okay, it was like a, it, it was a bit of a build-up and, and, and things like that. It was a bit of a sort of like settling into the idea. Because um, I would describe this as a progression or progressive, if you want to say that, and clean-up episode. Now, one thing we've mentioned before, both myself and David, David should be back next week, by the way. Um, one thing we've both dis- uh, said that is uh, very good about this show, apart from pretty much everything, is this show doesn't tend to leave, and Breaking Bad's kind of the same as well, these shows don't tend to leave things behind. Because when you're getting the scene of Manuel, um, who obviously Nacho's dad, most shows, like lesser shows, shows that aren't as good and don't care about as much of the details, will just say, oh, he disappeared off screen, right? And sure, Manuel's not a major character, he's not a specifically important character, he's important to the character of Nacho, who obviously died several episodes ago, but he is an important character to Nacho and we cared about, or still care about Nacho. So that's where that audience connection comes in. And the show spending time cleaning things like that up. Because we even had in a previous episode when Nacho was on the run. Um, they went back to the girls that were living with him. And they sorted out what was going on with them. The show is very good at sort of handling arguably its side characters like that. And even as far as like. The people in Howard's life, right, going to this funeral, having these meaningful conversations um, with, um, what are their names? I've uh, got their names written here somewhere. Um, with uh, Cheryl and um, uh, some of those characters as well. Um, it's, it's very good still at going back to some of those characters and just saying like hey what did you know what were you aware of you know with Howard and you've obviously got you've got uh, is it Cliff and you've got Richard there as well those sorts of uh, HHM characters and you've got the little bit of progression about like HHM changing its name and these little things that are dropped into the episode that give you these little details that just add up to so much more it's it uh it, it cares a lot about the details and even aside from those smaller things in the episode, this also, this episode's also fantastic at dealing with the bigger things. Uh, Jim and uh, Jimmy and Kim break up in this episode, which we could have predicted for a while, but it was sort of like, no, it's happening now. Like she's packed her bag, she's going, she's going now. But the thing that's so interesting about 
something like that, for example, is, okay, Kim's packed, you know, her bags and everything, she's on the way to, she, 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 her story is moving forward, we then obviously get the flash forward, which we'll talk about um, at the end, of course, and that is progressing things forward. Um, and, see, something like Kim and Jimmy breaking up isn't the sort of surprise, it's sort of like, oh, now we're getting this flash forward thing with Jimmy, and where does this leave Kim, and it's, it's progressing things a bit more, so that's what I mean by a progressive sort of episode, um, it also, as I said, you know, uh, it goes over to Gus, and discusses, like, the situation around Lalo's death, and things like that, this episode does deal with death quite a lot, obviously, with Lalo, and Howard going in like episodes back to back. And you sort of deal with the two groups of those characters. Because uh, we know what happens to all those characters. With like Gus and Hector and the the cousins and all, all those characters. We know what happens to them right. But it's about going back and like. Instead of just going oh they you know off screen stuff whatever. Progress the story. It's going back and it's giving you those details. But I, I thought this episode was pretty incredible. Um, I think this is one of the best episodes of the show. Um, because even when something like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul do the quieter episodes, but they, they, um, (coughs) when they progress things, and when they push those beats forward and those stories forward, it adds to (coughs) kind of a more premium experience, doesn't it? So, uh, or more sort of just, I don't know, a a better told version of the story, so... I thought this episode was fantastic. Um, acting here in this episode is as incredible as it usually is. I mean, obviously, we've got two Emmy nominees in here. We've got, obviously, well, three, technically, because we've got the show, which was Emmy-nominated. We've also got, obviously, Rhea Seahorn and Bob Odenkirk themselves uh, being nominated, which is uh, which is well, well, well-deserved. Um, I think, particularly with Rhea Seahorn, is well overdue a nomi emanation. Uh, a Nomi win, sorry. Emanation? What does Emanation mean? A Nomi um, win, I think, for Rhea Seahorn. I think this is yet another example of why she deserves that. And now I think this episode is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, which, it's difficult to do... To tell, the, to tell the part of the story that they're in now is difficult f- for a prequel because we know what happens to so many of these characters, but it's about those bits of dialogue, those acting scenes, and how they all add things together. And also you do get the progression. I mean, because we, we have our answer for Nacho, right? We have our answer for Lalo. Uh, we have our answer for Howard. Um, now it's... Th- there's only really two major questions left in the series uh, in terms of characters, which is... Well, we we know, like, you know, uh, Jimmy going to Seoul and like, kind of how some of that happens. We, we don't know the specific moments in that, but... Uh, we can guess it's probably to do with uh, with Kim possibly at uh, at this point because I don't think that flash forward is like the next scene. That's a flash forward. I think that is that's probably like post. I would say maybe post Walter White, like like post Breaking Bad, maybe or like right near the end of that time point. I'm not sure. It's it's near there somewhere, isn't it? So, um, but I don't think that that scene isn't sort of like. He's now become full on soul. Like he is full on soul in that scene. But I don't think that is. Specifically where that takes place. I think that's much much later. In the uh, in the timeline. So um, I mean he's still got his office. And we know that he has to leave the office at some point, And he, he gets 
think it's Francesca to make a phone call. We haven't quite seen the full outcome of that yet. So yeah, the two questions, really, two character questions is, okay, what happens to Jimmy slash, uh, sorry, Soul slash Gene? We know some stuff that happens to, to Soul, but what does the Gene stuff add up to? And also with Kim, like, what happens to Kim? We know that they break up, broke up because they, they have done now. They've, they've set that in stone or they've put that piece into play. But now it's about like, okay, we know she's because she kind of quits law and all this kind of stuff. But where does she end up? You know, because um, I still would have the prediction that I think in a gene scene at some point in the future, um, I think we would probably have Kim because I don't think she dies now, right? Because um, the, the the worry was before that Lala would kill her or. Gus would kill her or something like that, right? I don't think that she dies, which is very, very smart for this show. Um, I think if you looked at Lalo, Nacho, and Kim and just say they all died and Gina's fine, that's not satisfying. But with Nacho and Lalo, it makes a lot more sense because they're more directly involved with the uh, drug cartel, uh, with the, the cartel storylines where their lives are arguably more, more at risk. But um, uh, yeah, like. She's separated herself now from Jimmy. What does that mean? Um, where does she go? And how does Jean fit into all that? That's the questions for the next four episodes. Which is... I think they have a bit of time on their hands. Which is good because you still need to tell those smaller details. And that takes up time. But I'm not sure how all of that is going to completely work necessarily. But, you know, I didn't write those episodes. So, we'll have to see. Uh, that's it for all the pre-talk. I know that was a fairly long one, but there was a lot to discuss. We still have a full recap to get to. But before we do that, let's talk about Manscaped. Manscaped is, of course, a men's grooming service. You can go and get various different products from them to clean up your grooming game, if you want to call it that. You know, it's quite hot at the moment, at least here in the UK, if you want to get yourself freshened up for the summer. Because you, you don't want that long beard. You don't want that long hair for the summer. It's, it's, it's way too hot. I'm sitting there sweating away right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you want to get yourself cleaned up for the summer, Manscaped is a great place to go to. So if you want those products for yourself or you want to treat somebody, because uh, Manscaped is probably quite a nice treat. They're very, very good. Um, you can head over to the link in the show notes. You don't even need to type in Manscaped. You don't even need to press M. You don't need to cl- you don't need to type in anything. You just scroll down in your show notes. You click on the link for the Manscaped website. That will take you over there. If you ever browse their products, of course, they've got different razors, different shavers, different deodorants, uh, different clothes as well. You can buy, like, uh, boxes and pants and stuff, and you can buy T-shirts and things. So, plenty of different options for you there. Um, but, of course, various different grooming men's products. You can get a... Um, device that gives you uh ear and hair um it sorry ear and <laughs> nose and ear hair trimming uh, i find that very difficult to say for some reason but you, you can get a device that does that it's very very good uh, you can get a trimmer that does that really really good device uh, all very professionally made very first hand none of this second hand sort of uh, nonsense none of your products are going to start breaking or anything the packaging's really good nothing's going to ship to you sort of like damaged or shipped or uh, damaged or you know ripped or anything like that uh, the products don't feel like they're going to break uh, very very good in terms of uh, all that type of stuff so really really good uh, but yeah if you uh, are thinking hey you know if you want to go if Matt's asking me to go over to Manscaped and spend some money it's going to cost some money it will still cost you a certain amount of money but we've got a good deal going with Manscaped at the moment if you or when you get to 
the checkout you of course have that promo code box if you type in etalk uk that's e-t-a-l-k uk you can get 20 percent off your deal at your order with manscaped and that very nice free shipping as well so that's 20% off etalk uk e-t-a-l-k uk to get 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping thanks to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcast and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, still continuing with Westworld at the moment, we're up to Season 4, Episode 4, which I believe is the halfway point, I think there's 8 episodes for this season, so Season 4, Episode 4 is the newest episode, so you can go and listen to my coverage podcast of that. Uh, Gaming Talk this week, we talked about Metal Gear, Konami did a kind of celebration for the 35th anniversary of Metal Gear, not Metal Gear Solid, but Metal Gear, they are basically restoring the delisted games um, from the other parts of the franchise, and that's interesting. We talked about PS Plus and what you can expect to get on there in July. I believe those games are available now, by the way, those July PS Plus games, um, the premium and extra ones as well. Uh, we also talked about some Call of Duty stuff. There's a little bit of news about Call of Duty for 2024, because there will not be a game in 2023. And we also talked about some uh, game modes you can expect to see in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which is this year's 2022 Call of Duty game. Uh, Analyzing Television episode 18, I talked about Netflix. Netflix has an IP problem, of course, that means intellectual property. Uh, post Stranger Things and things like Umbrella Academy and The Witcher, what does Netflix look like? They've just put out seasons of all those shows, pretty much. Uh, Stranger Things has just come out with a new season, what else do they have? Uh, so talking about Netflix's IP problem and also looking at other streaming services and talking about flexible IP that you can use in lots of different ways and for a long period of time and looking at sort of the, the competition in the streaming wars essentially. So that's all of that. 
did a must-see review for Miss Marvel. That's, of course, the latest outing from the MCU, or one of the newest outings. There's also Thor as well. But uh, for the MCU with Miss Marvel, Season 1 gave that a must-see rating. First off of that is spoiler-free. Uh, then we've got um, the other Marvel thing, which is Thor, which I mentioned a second ago there. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder is out. I very, very much enjoyed it. Must-see rating for that. Again, first half of that podcast is also spoiler-free. Uh, Discovering Star Trek. I brought the podcast back to talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 4. That is a spoiler-filled review for that. That's the whole of Season 4 because of the way it got released on Paramount Plus over here. So that's for Star Trek Discovery Season 4. Uh, Man vs. B is a new thing over on Netflix. I gave that a must-see rating. I very, very much enjoyed that. First off, that review is spoiler-free. There's, of course, Rowan Atkinson coming back. That's Man vs. B Season 4. One, and that is everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, Alright, 609, fun and games. Again, interesting way to describe this particular episode, kind of on the nose. Uh, Opening, cold open, Jimmy McGill and Kim Wexler return to work. I believe this is the same morning, I think... Um, after Mike had a chat with them about, like, what do you need, and this is what you should do, and this is how you should act because of the situation. Um, so both Jimmy and Kim return to work while Mike, uh, removes any trace of Howard's, um, murder in their apartment. So cleaning different blood splatter, taking the bullet out of the, um, cushion, I think it was, or something. Uh, cleaning the fish tank, that type of stuff, you know, doing the clean-up job. Uh, reminds of us, reminds us of a, a certain scene in Breaking Bad Season 2, I think. Uh, when Mike, uh, sorry, when Jimmy and Kim return home, they find it completely restored to the state before Lalo had arrived. Uh, before going to bed, Jimmy tells Kim that they will eventually wake up and forget about what happened, like it will just be a memory of the past. Kim doesn't look so convinced; she looks unsettled. Of course, we know kind of the mo- that the, the gears are starting to turn in Kim's head. Right, this is bad. Howard is dead. It was not. 100% their fault, they didn't pull the trigger, they didn't tell Lalo to come in, they didn't plan for Lalo to come in, that was very much unexpected, because one of them still thought Lalo was dead, but they did set in motion the events that led Howard to come over to the house, which got Howard into the wrong place at the wrong time, essentially, and were part of, you know, Howard's downfall, uh, but they still didn't pull the trigger, they still didn't tell Lalo to come over and did it, um, so it's not 100% their fault, but there's, of course, a massive amount of guilt here, you would, you would understand why, um, and Jimmy trying to be, Jimmy's trying to be the sort of, like, more relaxed one, I suppose, here, uh, Kim is the one that's sort of, like, you can just see she's looking at this and she's thinking, like, nah, this is, this this is kind of it, you know, you, you can see, like, it's interesting, once you've, once I finish watching this episode, I'm, I'm thinking back to this scene because I'm talking about it. You can already see in her head she's kind of thinking like, "Yeah, this this we can't just like continue as normal, right?" Jimmy's suggesting that they do so, but you really can't just kind of continue as normal. But anyway, that's what's kind of going on here. Uh, then we have a scene with Gus. Uh, so this is kind of the start of the main part of the story, if you will. Uh, Gus Fring meets with Don Eladio, Um Juan Bolsa, Hector Salamanca, and the cousins at Don Eladio's home. Juan reads Hector's statement saying that Lalo had contacted Hector after his supposed death and accused um, 
Fring of the uh, so Gus Fring of the assassination attempt and undermining uh, Donaldio's entire operation. However, without proof of Lalo's initial survival, uh, Donaldio dismisses Hector's request for uh, revenge and mocks him as well because he says about oh the bell you know don't want to you know whatever um, and yeah the bell is quite annoying. So I do think just to stop here for a second when I talk about the bell. Somebody with the personality of Hector, who is very, of course, he's very annoyed, very distraught, very uh, agitated because he's in a wheelchair and he, you know, ends up knowing why. And, you know, he's got his, I mean, anytime Gus is next to him, right, it's, you know, he's giving the frowning sort of like uh, expression that he's he's doing. I was going to say shaky. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but that sort of like agitated frowny um you can tell you can tell his blood is completely boiling and he is absolutely raging um but just into I, I get the like you know he can't speak and all that and you know he hasn't got like a computer thing that he can respond with in the same way that like um what's his name the guy's name is really smart why have I forgotten his name um Oh god, I've forgotten his name. Uh, the, 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 uh, not Albert Einstein. Um, I can't remember his bloody name for some reason. Um, you'll know who I'm talking about, right? The smart guy who said, don't build robots because they'll be bad. And it turns out, yeah, robots are pretty bad. I cannot remember his name. Why have I forgot, forgotten his name? Some of you are probably screaming at me right now and being like, oh, it's, it's, it's so-and-so. Um, he's been in Big Bang Theory loads of times. I'm I'm even picturing a picturing a scene where Sheldon was talking to him. I, his name's completely gone. My, it, it's too hot. I can't think. I suppose. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But like a, a a communication type computer, he hasn't got anything like that, right? He's just got this bell, which is like I think I think it's always ones for yes and twos for no, and multiple hits are for or multiple dings are for extreme frustration. So. Yeah, he's right here about, like, all oh, the insistent bell, and nobody's really talked about that in Breaking Bad, or in Better Call Saul, about, like, how irritating, because he is a very irritating person, right? I mean, even before his accident and everything, not the nicest person. You you wouldn't want to, like, um, you know, spend time with Hector Salamanca. He, he's not that type of person. Um, Stephen Hawking, that's the guy's bloody name. Stephen Hawking, the, the one with the, uh, yeah, the really, really smart guy. I, I could not think of his name for some reason, but yeah, Stephen Hawking, of course, that's his name. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm better now because I can <laughs> remember the guy's name. But like the way that Stephen Hawking compu- communicates, right, with the, the, the um, is it thought to speech? I'm not quite completely sure how it works, but obviously he's got a computer thing that can help him to communicate, and Hector doesn't. That's the way I was kind of comparing the two. Uh, so you've got that, but... Um, no, it is it is extremely irritating um, when he's just dinging the bell constantly. You almost want to kind of like, not in a rude way. Obviously, it's Hector, so he's a nasty person anyway. I almost thought, I almost think in one scene. I mean, we've only got four episodes left, probably of this whole franchise, right? If let, let's say he's really really irritating somebody, and he's ding 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 ding, somebody to just go over to the thing and just rip it off his wheelchair, or I don't know. So something something that that would only irritate him more or whatever, but um, 
yeah, somebody to just get like really, really pissed off at him and like pull it off. You, you'd have you'd have thought somebody might have done that. I don't know by now. So anyway, that's all of that. Uh, in order to keep the peace, Don Laudio um, divides the drug empire. The Salamancas will control the South Valley, while Gus and his operation will uh, have everything north. Um, Gus later tells Mike um, to immediately start finding a new crew to resume work. He says today i don't know what time of day it's supposed to be but he says to do it today uh to reconsume obviously construction of the super lab um to celebrate his victory gus enjoys a glass of wine at a bar and converses with his favorite waiter david before returning to his stern demeanor and departing yeah in terms of like gus and the cousins and pector obviously we get the full conclusion of that all of that in breaking bad I'm not sure that there's too much else left to do here. Um, because this particular scene, of other than the like intense things and, and, and the rivalry between Gus and Hector, I didn't get a lot out of this scene. This was this was in an otherwise incredible episode, this was a still a great scene, but a great scene in an incredible episode with better scenes in it. So the the scene itself wasn't bad, it just didn't stand up with some of the rest of the scenes. Um, I mean, it's always great to see, like, you know, Jean-Claude Esposito doing his thing and the mannerisms of Gas and, like, the, the rivalry between him and Hector. That's always great to see. Like, it it will never be bad to see a Jean-Claude Esposito performance, right? Especially as Gus, of course, in, in this situation. But I just don't know that there's a lot here left to do. I mean, you've got this rivalry going on. They talk about the, um, uh, where they're going to have control of different areas and whatever, right? I mean, there's a super lab to finish off. Um, that's not going to be a whole lot, maybe. I don't know how much time you're going to spend in the next four episodes on that. But I don't know that there's a lot left to do. Um, and I will say the same thing about, like, Gus's scene here with the wine stuff. It was interesting and fun. And, you know, it's two rich people talking about expensive wine and the whole, like, this is, I think he said this is magnificent or whatever it is that he says. It's nice, it's fun, it's Giancarlo Esposito doing his Giancarlo Esposito thing. But those particular set pieces with Gus didn't add a whole lot to me. Uh, they were still great, but they didn't. Unless there was things that I missed or details I missed. Um, but again, this is kind of going back to like, hey, Lalo's dead, let's gather everybody together, even though some of us clearly hate each other, and let's try to sort of like talk this out. So I, I get why it's there. It's because because you've got two things going on in this episode, right? You've got um, Kimmy and Jim going off to Howard's funeral and clearing things up there. And you've got the exact same thing happening with not really a funeral, but a sort of like, hey, what's happened with Lalo? Let's talk about it, right? But it's, just, it's, it's a contrast between the two, right? You've got this uh, cartel thing um, with all these people. And they're sort of discussing, you know, what's happening with Lalo and everything. And then you've got the same thing in, re- in reverse with Howard, with our sort of main characters, I suppose, with uh, Kim and uh, Jimmy. So it was good. It just, it didn't add like a whole lot to me. So, but it was still good. Uh, Mike meets with Manuel Varga, uh, Nacho's father, and, and informs him of his son's death. He says uh, Manuel will no longer be targeted by the Salamancas, and that justice, interesting choice of word, will be served soon. But Manuel uh, dismisses this and tells Mike he is no different than the cartel he serves. He says, like, you're all kind of the same and everything. So this was a really good scene. Um, again, this is going back to the well of, like, okay, 
sure we had the phone call between Nacho and his dad and the whole goodbye thing and they both kind of knew what was up and even here right like Manuel doesn't sort of break down and be like my god my son's gone because you like when Mike arrives there you can kind of tell that like okay you know we can all kind of read the room here a bit right it's not a shock that Nacho is gone I mean, it's still obviously going to be upsetting, but it's not sort of like, oh my god, Manuel's shocked because he he finds out Nacho is dead. Like, he kind of knew something was going on with Nacho, and especially that last phone call and everything. So, this is kind of cleaning that up as well. Again, great scene. Um, this didn't add like a ton. It's just great sort of like give, giving us those details and sort of like cleaning things up a bit, I think. So, it was still it was still pretty good. Um, I was kind of thinking about something in this scene as well. Uh, the, the whole justice thing, right? Because um, Mike's talking about, we'll try to get justice for your son. And Manuel says, like, what you're kind of alluding to isn't justice, it's revenge. Which is correct. I, I, I agree with him, right? I think most of us probably, I think Mike probably agrees with him as well. It's not really, re- it's not really justice, it's sort of revenge, which is just these cartel people are at war with each other and it's just war and revenge and uh, like the cycle of that right um and that's why he kind of looks at mike and says like oh you're all just like as bad of each other you're all just kind of like causing this this mess and everything which we we know the likes of mike is different to somebody like hector like mike's got good intentions in life he's a mike is a good person who actually tries to help people hector's like this you know um, whatever. Um, same thing with like you know, um, what's his name? Villain from season one uh, of Breaking Bad. Um, not Crazy Eight, the other one. Um, I can't remember his name, but um, yeah, he he's kind of like you know one of the. I don't like to use the word crazy. One one of the ones that isn't quite got his head straight, if you want to call it that. So, and Mike's not like them. Mike is different too to them uh mike i think is even different to gus as well um mike is sort of the one that's put into these situations and these scenes as the one that we can kind of relate to a bit like he's he's the family man he's the one that's got you know his family to look after and is concerned about those people and i suppose for like the everyday person watching this show like me and like you um who aren't involved in you know drug cartels and whatnot um because mike's like Mike kind of represents the sort of everyday working man, I suppose. Gus kind of does to a degree as well with the whole, like, chicken facade thing. Um, but I feel like Mike is the one that's put in there for the more relatability, I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe some people think differently. If so, that's fine. Uh, anyway, that's quite a lot on that scene. Uh, Jimmy and Kim attend Howard's memorial service at HHM, uh, which they learn will be significantly downsizing, moving offices, and changing its name. I, did, I didn't catch the name change. They didn't seem to put, like, a massive amount of focus on it. And um, uh, I don't remember... Because obviously this is before Breaking Bad. I don't remember the name or, or the, the new office or whatever being significant in Breaking Bad. I don't remember that happening, so... I think this is just to kind of shift that away. Again, we might get a smaller detail scene later where new people come in and like, okay, we're replacing like Howard's Legacy or, or something. You might get a scene like that maybe later on. Uh, but anyway, that's happening. Uh, when the two try to provide the condolences uh, to Cheryl ha- uh, Hamlin, who is Howard's uh, former wife, now widow, 
She, inter- she interrogates them about the suspicious circumstances surrounding Howard's death. Knowing of their strained marriage, uh, Kim shifts the blame to Cheryl uh, towards Cheryl by wondering aloud if she'd been around to notice his uh, behaviour. Kim does this in a very smart way, I think. She doesn't like shout at Cheryl. She doesn't sort of like start raging. She kind of, kind of tries to gently say like, "Okay, we're discussing Howard's drug problem here, right? I apparently saw him, you know, snorting coke or whatever." Um, late at night one night, uh, which I, you know, we we know isn't isn't the case. Um, but kind of looking at Cheryl and being like, "How come you didn't sort of notice?" But just that, not in like, "How come you didn't notice? Where were you?" She doesn't sort of do it like that. She sort of does it of like, well, "Where where where were you the the whole time?" And Cheryl kind of can't handle it and walks off. So, again, this is another clean up scene. It's a great one still. Um, it's interesting here because Jimmy. Jimmy's the one that's a little bit like he's the one that talks to Richard a bit more and uh, Kim's the one that talks to Cheryl a bit more and Cheryl's the one obviously who's a little bit more hostile towards the two of them as opposed to Richard the the conversation with Richard is a bit more a bit more relaxed right it's just talking about like okay what's happening with this office when they switch over to the one with Cheryl it's a bit more hostile it's a bit more sort of like hey we're talking about like this person who's dead like their drug problems and stuff it's it's a lot more heavier and this is kind of where kim comes into things a bit more so i found that uh quite interesting um again in terms of like um uh what's the name richard and you've got cliff and you've got cheryl it, it depends now what happens to kim Right, we know that she's quit law and she's broken up with Jimmy. Um, obviously, Jimmy in the soul in the future doesn't really have any interactions with his characters because uh, he's well. When 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 we get him introduced to Soul in Breaking Bad, it's more to do with Jesse and Walt, right? And like the whole you know um, people who are involved with drug stuff, drug crime, and that going to Soul for advice, which is exactly what Walt and Jesse end up kind of doing. You know, in the meth business and all that. Um, so I wonder, like, we have four episodes left. I think Kim is more likely to interact with these characters than anybody else, if at all. Because I don't know that we... I don't know I don't know that we need to see these three characters again. Unless, of course, there's later sort of like, hey, here's fully what's happening to these characters, like, to set them off for the future, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I don't think Soul is going to have, or Jimmy, is going to have interactions with them. Because um, now I think, now that Kim is out of Jimmy's life, at least as far as the end of this episode, um, I can only see Soul now diet delving further into his Soul personality. Because um, there's a difference, right? And they they... they, they show you a bit of difference at the end of the episode right they show you the full-on soul goodman who we see in the flash forward and you see like okay the guy in these scenes in this episode in the main part of this episode he's calling himself soul goodman his personality is changing a bit but he's not he's still not that full-on soul goodman who like you know has an ego doesn't really care all that all that type of stuff he, he's not that version yet so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they get to that point still, because we still have four episodes to uh, to do so. And then, of course, this will wrap up Gene. It's uh, it's going to be a really interesting end to this uh, to this show. 
Anyway, uh, after that, the next morning, Kim tells a judge uh, she'll no longer be an attorney. Uh, I don't know if that doesn't mean that she's involved with law at all, or if she's just not. I'm not quite completely sure what that means, but it means she's not doing this court hearing because she quits, basically. She tells the judge that she gave the um, court or whatever um, notice two hours ago or whatever. So she's quitting that, but in terms of her doing law... Don't know what that fully means. Um, But she's not an attorney. So we know that. Uh, She'll no longer be an attorney. Uh, When Jimmy returns home. He begs Kim to return to the law. Only to find that she has actually packed her belongings. Kim tells Jimmy that. uh, Though she loves him. Because they do say love you love you too. It's none of this sort of like thanks or I know. They both say I love you. uh, Which is I think quite important. Um, although uh, she says that she loves him as well, uh, she feels that they are um, bad for each other, kind of, yeah, and will only hurt those around them. This is obviously as a result of Howard. Uh, she reveals she knew of Lola's survival beforehand and did not tell Jimmy out of fear it would jeopardise their scheme against Howard. That's a possibility. Uh, which she regretfully enjoyed taking part in. She then tearfully walks away from Jimmy and you hear some, I think you hear some sellotape or something, her sort of continuing packing. Um, I think she also closes the door behind her, like slams the door behind her, but we don't see that. But I think that's what I heard. So, yeah, they're broken up. Um, they are they are done. They are done. Um, we knew this was going to have to happen at some point, because logically it had to happen as well. Because if you are doing a thing where you, kn- you know at some point these two, whether they're going to meet up later when it's like Jean and whatever, is a different matter. We know that she isn't in Breaking Bad. That's not new information. So we know at some point that Jimmy continues being Soul, doing his Soul thing, meeting up with Jesse and uh, more, and he goes on to live that life that we know in Breaking Bad. So at some point we knew that they had to break up or separate at some points. Because um, there was either two options here, right? Either they do break up like they are here and she's like, we are bad for each other but we love each other but we have to separate. Or they decide to, I don't know, go on a break and kind of like walk away from each other. This makes more sense though. So, we knew this in some way, shape or form had to happen at some point. Because literally they do not see each other in Breaking Bad. Um, and even if even if Soul hypothetically did see her off screen. There's never any mention of Kim whatsoever. He doesn't say to sort of Francesca like, oh I saw Kim last night or something in Breaking Bad. That never happens. Um... Which, in hindsight, is a little strange. But again, we still have four episodes left to completely flesh this whole thing out. Um, I think what probably happens now is she has quit law. Um, she's broken up with Jimmy, Sol. She probably uses that disappear card, right? And then goes away. And I would think that when we get a Gene-focused episode, because I'd like a whole episode on Gene... Whether it's going to be the second to last one or the last one. That's where you bring Kim back in. And you finish off whatever you're going to do with that story. Maybe they make peace with each other or something like that. Something like that. Again, I don't write the show. So I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can only predict what I think is going to happen. Um, but this is this is, this is is probably one of the biggest developments in the entire show. I mean, other than you know the whole I'm changing my name. Pointing gun fingers. You know. Um, but it's all good man uh, thing at the end of season 4 apart from that and then the opposite end of season 5 where it's like Kim does the gun things and you know 
I can't, I can't remember if she says a catchphrase or whatever, but apart from those two developments, this is probably the biggest development in the, in the show because I'm pretty sure him and Kim, uh, and I did say him, by the way, not Jim, him and uh, Kim have been at least involved with each other since season one. Of course, they weren't married from the start. They got married during one of the other seasons. Um, But, yeah, it's... uh. It's a massive, massive development. And we've been so used to, right, seeing for the last, what, couple of seasons, them been working together, living together, seeing each other all the time. That's That element of the show has now changed. So that's, like, that's massive going forward for these last four episodes. So big, big, big stuff. Again, uh, just just groundbreaking acting here. Um, writing, directing, just, just everything in, in these types of scenes. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are so, so, so good at doing these, these types of scenes. Uh, it's a, it's a real, it's a real sort of like acting highlight, uh, when, when the shows do, uh, when the two shows do these sorts of scenes. So, yeah. Uh, and then in a flash forward, so not a post credit scene, but in a flash forward, Saul Goodman, um, wakes up with a prostitute in his bed. Um, they do this like blurry shot at the start, and I was like, "Is this a future version of Kim?" Because again, the camera was a bit blurred; quite, couldn't quite see who it was. Then someone starts talking. We know that it's Soul. His hair's a bit of a mess, a bit different. He does the whole comb over thing, whatever. Uh, this is full on Soul Goodman. Uh, so he's doing that. Um, wakes up with her in his bed, and begins talking. Uh, sorry, taking calls at his mansion, including a call about a public masturbator again. <laughs> Apparently, it's a new public masturbator, I don't know if that's got any significance to anything, but, um, that's been a bit of a theme of, of cases that Sol has taken, being public masturbators, right, so, uh, he drives to work in his familiar, uh, Cadillac, I think that's called, and arrives at his office, um, which now resembles its state during Breaking Bad, so the run-down version of the office, Francesca's still there, uh, everything like that is still going on, um, so that's, uh, interesting as well, and again, you've got to kind of ask the question, you know, obviously there's a gap between their breakup scene and this scene, but like, he's clearly not with Kim, Kim is completely clearly out of his life, and this is at some point during Breaking Bad's timeline, I'm going to again guess, I th- I, I'm i pretty sure, because I don't remember him having this mention in Breaking Bad, I can't remember specifically if that happened or not, Um, but... Yeah, because he... Where was he living before? I can't quite remember. Uh, obviously, it's been a while since since Breaking Bad and everything, but... Um, no, this is this is different, Soul. Um, this is even, I would say, further than, like... There's, there's something different about... Because if you go to Breaking Bad Season 2, which is where we first get introduced to uh, Soul... This even feels like different to that version of Sol, where he's even further gone. Like, you can see the lack of care with this guy, and sort of like, um, that kind of stuff, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah, but, but even sort of more different than the normal. Um, and we know eventually that this mansion gets overturned; it gets searched. And like, you know, tossed or whatever. Um, because we saw in one of the cold opens for an earlier episode. I can't remember which one. Um, I think it was earlier in this uh, season 
wasn't it? It was it was in it was in the first half of uh, this season. Uh, that all sort of happening. Um, so yeah, we'll see that happen at some point. Because uh, in terms of hmm, because what have you got to do now? Got to see where 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 does Kim go after this? Right after the breakup. We also need to kind of see, okay, Jimmy from that breakup moment that night as well, going forward. How does he fully end up, like, turning into Sol? Uh, like the season two version that we meet, right? Um, I don't really need an explanation on, like, how the office changes. But I feel like the show might do that anyway. Because even though four episodes doesn't seem like a lot, if you do them as like fifty-minute episodes, that's still a fairly chunk, good chunk of time. And I think you can minimise Gus's story a little bit from uh, from now on, because uh, I don't know that there's much to to tell from there. So explaining that, and then obviously Gene and then Kim and and everything else. So we shall see, we shall see. But lots of interesting points. It's a good point for David to hopefully rejoin me next week as well. Obviously, we'll talk about. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a catch-up talk with him as well about Lalo's death, what's happened to Kim here, um, and kind of everything else. So, we shall see. Anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, of course, I'm saving feedback until David gets back. I had some more emails this morning, so thank you to everybody who is sending them in. I will read out those next week when I think David is back with me. Uh, by the way, the podcast will be switching back to Thursdays if David is with me next week. And for Westworld, we'll be switching from Monday to Wednesday. Just to r- resuming our, uh, our previous schedule. So keep all that in mind. Uh, but if you'd like to write into the show in time for when David gets back and everything, of course you can do that. What do you think happens to Kim from here on out? How do you think it's going to change the show with uh, her and Sol not really being involved with each other anymore? And all your thoughts on everything else, I suppose. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. As uh, email box also on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes as well so consider using those options to write in in the meantime you can find everything else that we're doing on entertainmenttalk.org TV TV, video games, films and Manchester Night Podcast take a look out for all that United Cast Preview will be some point next week so look out for that as well Uh, for the United Cast Preview for the new season obviously film, TV, games coverage, all that sort of stuff keep your eyes out entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms Entertainment Talk uh, if you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk, you can, of course, listen to more episodes that we've got. We've got dozens of them. And you can also tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it simply by just telling them what we do and where they can find it as well. Uh, social media, share them around on your favourite podcast, uh, share your favourite um, social media platforms and all that. Uh, so consider doing that as well. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the ad-free podcast review options. Uh, so take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, Geek Town Radio has been on, on uh, hiatus at the moment, but David's still posting TV and film news, so keep checking out geektown.co.uk and look out for Geek Town Radio's return possibly next week as well. We shall see what David decides to do. Uh, Twitch, you can find two different people over there. Bex is one of those. You can find her by looking for Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. She's doing retro games, chat streams, Tomb Raider, all sorts of great stuff. You can find me on Twitch as well at UK for the game streams. 
um, FIFA career mode episodes and all that sort of stuff. If you want to find those things archived, my streams and career mode episodes archived on YouTube. So the FIFA career mode episodes, Twitch streams and the game clips, they're all almost currently up to date. I've got some game clips to put on over there. That's YouTube Entertainment Talk plays for all of that. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time for a separation Jimmy Kim type episode. We'll see what happens. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.